Could we start by you introducing yourself? Um, my name's Edwina Shaw. I'm a Brisbane writer and editor. My most recent book is Bielke Blues, which is a collection of 45 short pieces about life in Queensland during the Joe Bielke-Peterson regime from 1967, 68 to 1987. Why did you choose the title Bielke Blues? Well, I had it in my head. I've had this project in my head for many, many years. And because I grew up in the Bielke-Peterson era, I was born just a couple of years before he came into power. He was on the telly and I first really encountered uh, what it was like to be on the wrong side of um, King Joe as a young punk in the 1980-81 and the police harassment and so on. So it it was the blues as in singing the blues but it was also, wasn't there a pumpkin called the Bielke Blue? I thought there was a pumpkin. Someone said there was a cheese as well. Uh, Yes. So it had a couple of different meanings. I was wondering also uh, whether there was a reference to Puberty Blues, which is sort of one of the uh, ground, groundbreaking, like not not an overtly feminist film, but a film about you know women coming of age, so to speak. Yes, yes. Well, um, I suppose subliminally, yes, because Puberty Blues came out, you know, it's, it's the same era as me. I think they're just a few years older than me. So, yeah, maybe it was in there. I did watch Puberty Blues quite a lot on video. Are there uh, a number, you know, a significant number of women writers in the in the book? I think you uh, said there were like yes, 30 yes, odd stories, there, wasn't it? I think we've got, I, I tried to make it as equal as possible. I tried to give us diverse collection of people as as I could but it's um I mean we've got lots of women's stories I've got um women drummers and um, women guitarists so I was very excited about that uh and um we got wonderful Angelina Hurley as well from Murray Radio um and women academics and um yeah Anne Jones from um Tocho uh, yeah, so women and, and men and, um, you know, we've got very lucky to get um, respected elders Sam Watson and Bob Weatherall as well. Um, and, and, you know, it was important to me get, to get queer stories in there as well. So I've tried to get something from, uh, you know, all the different range of people who found themselves on the wrong side of Joe. So the punks and the hippies and the blacks and the queers and women. And whoever else he didn't like, basically. <laughs> Anyone on the left. I, I came from an era before you, so I came through the Frank Nicklin era, and um, I think that one of the telling differences between the Bielke Peterson era and the Frank Nicklin era was that the growth of the women's movement meant that there was a, a lot of strong women whose voices were heard um, in, uh, particularly in organising uh, around um, issues such as the women's right to choose, uh, uh, control over their yeah. own body- bodies, abortion rights. Are there any stories in the book that reflect that growth of the women's movement? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, probably um, there's a piece by Annie Webster. So uh, for a lot of people, their stories are very personal. 
So it's about their journey as women living through these times. Also, another story that sticks out to me is Janelle Hurst's uh, story about, you know, the position of women, what uh, what it was like back then in the, the 70s and, and 80s. And, um, yes, I mean, for me, what stuck out was Joe on the telly calling women reporters girly, and it just got my goat. Very, you know, from when I was very young, I hated that. Um, yeah, so and we've got stories about the Women's Day March. There was a, a, there were a big Women's Day March where uh, hundreds and hundreds of people were arrested. Um, I think that was 1979, um, and we've got stories of young women who were at that march. Uh, and arrested and women protesters who were, you know, hit on the head and stories like that. So, yeah, it's people's personal stories of how that era affected them. I remember... But, yeah, I like your point. I think certainly we had the women's movement. We also had, from, you know, Whitlam, we had people had access to university education who didn't ever before. So we had a lot of people at uni who wouldn't have had a chance before, um, and we were there at the same time as Joe started really repressing students. So it radicalised a whole lot of people. So we had all of that all happening at the same time. Thinking thinking for the moment about the audience, now in the audience there may have been people that were uh, partly sympathetic to Bjorki Peterson, there may be people who sort of sat on the sidelines and watched, and there doubtless would be people that were actively involved in different ways. Um, do the are, are you talking about at the launch? No, I'm, I'm thinking of the audience of the book. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so in, in, in any audience of a book, there, you know, people have come at it from a different perspective. Um, there may be, you know, artists. There may be people who were political activists at the time, or maybe people yeah. who were. So, what, what does the, what do the stories? How do they inform those different audiences that? Well, choosing the first story, I very consciously chose a story which showed a very middle ground. So uh, Nikki Peelgrain's story, she grew up in the Darling Downs in a small town um, with a single mum who was a secretary for a National Party minister. So she starts us off and we get her mum's view because my mum still says the same thing. And, you know, a lot of people in Queensland still say, Joe did a lot of good things. And I wanted to draw those people in so that they could read the truth about Joe because, I mean, the police harassment was only just one aspect. What I've learnt through... Um, doing the editing of this book was all that came before me and all of the other stuff like his personal vendettas against people where he used taxpayers' money to hound them in the courts and bankrupt them and basically exile them from Queensland. At one stage, he sued every member of the opposition and that's all with taxpayers' money. Um, all things like that. I just, I suppose I, I, I wrote it very much with the people who say, oh, Joe did a lot of good things, 
um, in mind because I just wanted to show them the other side. Mm. Also, you know, we're living in an age now where there has been a reawakening of activism, particularly around climate change. Do the stories in the book, do they inform the people, for example, that today are uh, occupying the William Jolly Bridge and trying to get the government to declare a climate emergency? Yes, I think so. I'm, I'm so excited by this new rise of activism. I think, you know, when you have exhausted all the other avenues, when your petitions aren't working, when elections aren't working, you, you have to do disruptive protest so that your voice is heard. Um, and I think that the history of these protests, and Queensland has a long history of protest marches before the Joe period as well, um, and it, it will just maybe give those people hope um, to keep going and that it is worthwhile. I mean, it took a long, long time for us to um, do anything about Joe, and it was, eventually it was the journalists, the writers who, who did it, but all of that activism played a large role in it. Mm. In that, so I'm hoping that they will be heartened by the stories in this book. 